Hello, and welcome back to Manga Kaiwa. Yeah, so this week is a special week. I mean, I guess there's no beating around the bush or no, 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 it's, it's not necessary to beat around the bush because, I mean, a very special chapter of a very special series came out this week. Um, yeah, chapter 364, Berserk, the last chapter that will be written by Mira, as far as we know. I mean, it's doubtful that there's anything more, maybe a few manuscripts, but not much else um that you know has will ever be visible to the public um and it is you know in some people's eyes the definite end of the series and one of the greatest series not only in manga but just in storytelling history at least in my opinion um but yeah i mean it was it was a really 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 and i've heard this all over the online forums and discussions whatever um, it was so bittersweet, and I think nothing else describes that chapter better because it was somehow amazing. And just to be warned, there will be spoilers coming up because we will be talking about plot-specific material and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so today we're just going to be talking about not only 364, but just the continuation, um, both in terms of what we think will happen narratively, but also what we think should happen, and like just as an agreeable solution that will satisfy both fans but then also Miura and what he would have wanted for the story and also what the story is. Like a continuation that doesn't betray the identity of Berserk, I think is what we're, that's just the three points that we're going to be talking about. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's get into 364 in terms of like just our thoughts, like especially in terms of the closure that it gives us for Miura's kind of, you know, masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like 364, you know, um, as big of a cliffhanger as it left on, I feel like it did provide me, you know, with some closure, I feel like. It, it, you know, it did feel like, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I did get some, a lot of closure from reading the chapter. And I feel like, I, I, I guess, especially from, you know, like seeing, um, because the chapter itself did, you know, did pick up the last cliffhanger, of course, from the last one with the, from uh, 363 with um, the Moonlight Boy arriving at the island and got seeing him and so we get to see how you know that interaction folded out and uh it's uh you know kind of wholesome it's like you know guts being a dad and of course uh you get to see Casca, you know also like adopt you know a mother although like she already you know she already was kind of a mother like you know in her previous interactions with the moonlight boy but that was of course before she um before she was awakened yeah yeah I mean, yeah. I think like what I was hearing on so many of the comment sections of like the countless YouTube videos paying homage to Miro and of course, like what it means to his legacy that this chapter is what it is. Um, a lot of people were just saying, you know, like it would be the perfect ending. I would be happy if Berserk would end here. And again, like I have no doubt that some of those people are just anxious about the fact that, you know, is having someone pick up the story and like canonically continue it and it's not in yours, they don't trust that person, no matter how much Muir trusted them, is, I mean, you know, I think a factor in there, people just might be rushing to kind of like, kind of make themselves like, like, you know, fake it till they make it until they're satisfied with the ending. Like, no, don't, don't move on. Like some people are deadly afraid of um, Berserk, you know, continuing because it's such a special series and I can understand that. But I'm sure that, you know, some people are like, and I think this is the perfect way to put it, especially for me, um, if, like, if, like, predicated on the if, if um, Berserk were to end here and we wouldn't get any more content uh, story-wise or beyond this point, uh, they would be happy. And I think I would be happy, too. Of course, it would sting knowing that Berserk wouldn't continue. And again, I kind of just spoiled, I guess, what my take will be later on. But I would love the series no less. Um, yeah. And so... Um, I mean, I think that just in terms of the specific plot points of this chapter, um, I heard it a lot. And I, I like, I would not even sure if I'd ever seen Griffith cry throughout the entire series. But I think there were probably like one or two instances in the Golden Age arc where that happened. Um, yeah. Especially, like, do you remember what, what points? Yeah, I actually remember specifically. So, um... I, I think the first instance is like we see oh actually I'm not sure if he was crying because I, I know we um Costco when Guts was I mean when Costco was telling Guts about her past with Griffith 
she talked about how like in the flashback he was like she saw him bathing and he was like lamenting the death of his troops but i don't i'm not sure if he was crying in that instance but well, yeah he wasn't crying but he was like in pain yeah. like griffith is like, like he was hurt yeah. of the band and now i guess you know as femto the, the the neo band of the hawk but um i mean they were like i feel like in that moment it was more like he was just he needed to escape so that he could be in pain without having like because it's so painful what he was going through i mean he was selling himself i think which is terrible obviously his body yeah. um and like and that he, too as well, yeah. He just needed to go somewhere to like just like be in pain because he couldn't do that yeah. in his troops. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he, but I, yeah, but I can, um, yeah. Sorry, no, no, but um, but I, I can th- actually think of like one senior, one uh, part where I know he did actually cry. So um, I, I think he, so like you know, after he um, you know, he sleeps with Princess Charlotte, you know, recklessly, he. You know, after it's done, he you, we sort of see him like on the bed, and he's like he's like in fetal position, and he's crying over you know he's crying over God's leaving ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. Of course. Yeah. That was that was the one where like yeah. then everybody cites because Mira did like that really cool thing with the bed sheets and how like it kind of well, I don't know. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember. But like, I mean, just. It's it's sort of crazy because I think a lot of people are like Griffith still feels, and I think like I to that I I would say just according to my analysis I'm not trying to hold my analysis higher than everybody else's but in terms of my analysis I would say I disagree and agree at the same time. Griffith does feel, but I think we need to listen to what he's saying. It's the chapter is called I think Tears Like the Morning Dew. Right, those tears go away. Like, sure, it's like an eclipse, like it's just a moment. It's in a moment where he's he's more emotionally flexible than he is when he's like, you know, not in the moonlight child state anymore. Um, and I mean, that last panel, I mean, I know, I don't know if we want to talk too much about art, not saying that it's important, but I mean, that last panel is quite something. Like, um, yes. like just because if you were to erase the tear, it, I think it would literally just be Griffiths. But he's just letting the tear fall down and it's like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that um you know and i think we know that like it's you know it it is the influence of the moonlight boy that's making him feel this sense of sadness or loneliness but but you know as he said it quickly fades like the morning dew but i feel like you know having that image of griffith crying we can kind of see that even if it is the influence of the moonlight boy we can kind of see a small sliver of you know regret ultimately for what he did for how he betrayed the yeah. band of the hawk the original band of the hawk and yeah. you know for scuts and Costco personally and i think that's more of an extension if you ask me that's more of an extension of the emotion that he feels more directly i think what he probably feels like explicitly in that moment if i were to like take my best guess i would say it's probably that warmth that he talked about, a familiar, a warmth of a familiar embrace, I think, which is Casca's embrace, and probably also just the presence of guts, if I'm being entirely honest. Because, like, I mean, that was so wholesome when, like, the Moonlight Boy just popped out in the berserker armor and started walking. <laughs> that was so weird, though. Like, it was so cute at the same time. But yeah, um, like, yeah. And he was just on Guts's back. And also, like, when they, like, was Guts was, like, crouching down and playing swords with him. Like, I want to play knight. <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess, like, um, what I wanted to say originally is that I think that the Moonlight Boy is sort of, like, this version of Griffith um, that lets himself go back to where he was. Um, like, with those two people, the, mo- the two most important people in his entire life or at least prior and, you know, maybe still debatably now, but at least, you know, prior to the, to the eclipse, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Too. I mean, I guess to add on to that, I mean, I personally don't see the Moonlight boy as a version of Griffith. I, yes. Cause I mean, Moonlight, the Moonlight boy and Griffith obviously share mm-hmm. the same body, but we know that the Moonlight boy is, you know, he is, 
uh, the demon child just like in a reborn like and, state. He is so Guts it's and Griffith's child or Guts. Yeah, Guts, he is Guts and Costas' child. <laughs> I honestly think that it probably just be my the child of all three of them, and that's what I think is so weird, right? Because the Moonlight Boy represents almost like a unity between those two, and the Moonlight Boy being a centerpiece of this last chapter is like. We're, we're almost like ending where most of this stuff began in the first place, right? Like, obviously, you know, Guts's backstory is an amazing part of the Golden Age arc, and it precedes anything else we know canonically of the series, besides obviously like the lore, like, you know, obviously the Skull Knight and stuff like that, and the prior God Hand. But just in terms of like the main story arc, um, like it began with these three, Kotska, Griffith, and Guts. And it is sort of ending like literally and figuratively because the Moonlight Boy is sort of like the tie that binds them all together. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying that it's confirmed yeah. all of their children, but I mean, I hear people saying, oh, well, it's just the result of, you know, like Griffith forcing himself upon Casca. Oh, well, yeah. that's on Casca's child. I think it's all of those at the same time. Like, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was terrible, obviously, but I think it's sort of like something that, I mean, if you're talking about like causality, right? Like Griffith forcing himself upon Casca to sort of like spite, like, you know, to put it very, very, very mildly, obviously it's much more than that, but in the same vein, to spite Guts and I guess Casca as well. Um, you know, it's just like, I don't think he's stealing his own doom, but I think he's definitely like doing something that he didn't, ex he, he, that the spiral of time will use to veer him off the path he thinks he's going in that moment where he's forcing himself on Casca. Um, and I think that's what the Moonlight Boy is such an ingenious, like, narrative tool, in my opinion, because he sort of, like, he pulls them all together, making it impossible for them just to ignore each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, and of course, you know, he is, yeah, because, I mean, I guess you kind of echoed this, but he is ultimately a reminder of what Griffith ripped away from Guts and Casca. Mm -hmm. He's he is a living reminder of that because he's he is you know ultimately Guts and Casca's child, but you know he isn't obviously a, a normal child. He's um he is Griffith at the same time. So, but yeah, but yeah, I that's think uh, that, that's what's such an interesting dichotomy with um like the identity of the Moonlight Child. I think he's both Griffith and not Griffith at the same time. In the sense yeah. that I think he's like the manifestation of Griffith's kind of lingering desire, even though he became a god hand. Like Griffith is is super like he is ambition embodied in a certain sense, right? In a lot of senses, actually. Um, but like it's it's like his ambition couldn't let him just have one thing. Like I want my kingdom, but I also want these two. Like it's just it's sort of like you know crazy just to think of how. I don't know. It's it was painful. It was painful anyway because like the cliffhanger is a cliffhanger in the sense that like if this were to continue, right? If we were going to get another chapter soon, chaos is about to go down. Like either emotionally or physically, Skull Knight is going to pop up and rip everything up. Casca is going to either go like you know have another flashback or not, or guts. I don't know. And I think that's a really interesting point that I guess we can discuss later on. But like guts is just going to be like you know, either shocked and unable to do anything, but I doubt it because he's the struggler. So he's probably going to do something, whether that be rage or whatever. But um, I guess that might sound like I'm veering off the path. But what I meant with that is that even though there are all these things hanging in the air, it still feels like the just the mere fact that both the three, like the three main components character-wise of the story are all back together is just so awesome. Like, and it is like in, you know, the words of so many of fans, a really optimal place for Miura, you know, at least maybe it will be the end of it period, but for Miura to lay down his pen here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so- I agree, cause yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I guess this goes back to what we were saying earlier, but like having that, because, you know, having Guts, Casca, and Griffith together, it does, I, I think it does ultimately provide the sense of closure we get from the chapter, even yeah. though it's a, it ends on a cliffhanger, you know, we're sort of back where we started in the Golden Age. Yeah. You know? And then I think, yeah. you know, just 
in a way, like when I try to talk about it narratively, I don't feel like I'm giving a convincing like account of why I think this is such an like amazing way for Muir to leave off. I think it's more feeling wise, like that bittersweet feeling yeah. I was talking about like earlier on. I feel like that's what Berserk is for me. It's like these sad kind of moments where, yeah, it's sad, but somehow in the core, like underneath all that rotten sadness and horror, there's like this hope. And I think that's what I was hearing so many people say. It's like, there's hope. Like you can feel it without thinking about it. Like if you think about it, it's like, no, there's, there's no hope. Like what the heck? There's nothing that can save them from this. But somehow you know that through Guts' perseverance and the love that he feels for Casca and, you know, who knows Griffith, um, you know, because in a way, I think his hate for Griffith is impossible without his love for him. Uh, you know, all of that together is, I think, what makes this chapter like berserk, right? It's like, it's like Neura leaving off with a stamp, like, you know, this is berserk stamp, you know, it's like, it's the everything berserk is in a chapter, this bitter sweetness um, that I think is really important. Yeah. All right, final thoughts, and then I guess we can move on to the second point. Anything else you want to comment on 364? Hmm. Um, I, I guess I'm pretty here, but I, I, I think that, um, I don't know, I, I just I really think, I, I mean, I guess I really just agree with what you said, because I, I feel like, you know, Berserk is ultimately about, like, it is mainly about struggle, struggle, but underneath all of that struggling and all of that pain, there is that glimmer of hope. But I feel like, yeah. um, you know, and we, we do sort of get that um, in, I don't know, I, I guess, yeah, we, we do sort of get that uh, throughout the chapter. I feel like throughout the chapter, it's mainly hope, you know, yeah. because we see the Moonlight Boy interacting with Guts and Cobb. Can't really be together, but at the end of the chapter, you know, it's sort of like, oh, okay, well, I guess now we're back to struggling because Griffith is back and uh, chaos is going to ensue ultimately, but yeah. yeah. It's like that cycle, right? It's the spiral. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the second point, which is, I mean, obviously like the third point is gonna be talking about narratively how we would think the story would in general continue and end, um, you know, or let's, I guess, end tentatively. But our second point before that is what we think would be like the most quote, sort of agreeable solution that satisfies the kind of the triangle of this whole thing, which is the audience, the readers of Berserk, the story, the actual kind of stuff that's going on, obviously, and Mira and his legacy as a deceased author. Um, so I guess, Ben, did you want to start off with this? Like, what do you think would be like the most, the, the, the solution that would satisfy the most people, including Mira, you know, his legacy and the story, I guess. Yeah, I think that um, honestly, um, that is a good point, but I think that I'm not, I'm honestly not too sure about like, well, it's satisfy, you know, most people in the fan base, but I feel yeah. like with, well, you know, Mira and Mira's- be 1% of the fan base, because there's, there's definitely going to be a lot of unhappy people, no matter what yeah. happens, but yeah. True, just, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I feel like, I, I guess with, you know, Miura and his legacy specifically, I, I feel like, you know, even if, I mean, obviously at this point, you know, Miura isn't going to be able to finish his story himself, which is, you know, heartbreaking. But I feel like Miura, although he, he was known for his long hiatuses, he's, he, was, he still had a clear direction, you know, unlike maybe Togashi in mm -hmm. uh, Hunter Hunter. But I feel like he had a clear direction and he did ultimately want to see his story finished. And I feel like, you know, of course, well, what, what I was saying, you know, before we recorded, um, Miura has, of course, trained his assistants, you know, with um, series like Duranki and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Gigantomaxia, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Giganta, Gigantomaxia, and mm -hmm. which were, you know, meant to train his um, assistants in his art style. So I feel like, you know. I mean, I think, um, it, I, I know Miura was involved with Gigantomaxia, but I don't know if it was the training. Sorry, that might be my mistake. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like while I would be satisfied with, you know, the story ending on 364, I feel like doing so would, you know, it, I guess it would result in 
some effort ultimately being wasted, you know? And yes. I guess, you know, Mira's, I guess Mira's wishes possibly not being, you know, not yeah. being accomplished. Yeah. I mean, because we have to think like those hiatuses and also the, just the added stress on Mira. I mean, training assistants with a completely different series, at least, um, in and of itself is a huge investment on the part of Miura and also these assistants. Like, I mean, like you said, I think that's a really good point you made. Like it would almost be like wasted effort. It's like Miura probably spent a lot of time on this. Like he spends on a lot of things he commits to according to what we know. So it would be sort of like throwing that out the window to a certain extent. And I guess like, you know, I can feel we're both sort of biased towards like the, 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 the keep going part of it, but I think it's for a reason, right? Like, um, I think with the right perspective, and again, it's a hard perspective, I would say, to kind of establish in your mind as a reader and as a fan of the series. But um, I guess if the series were to continue, and I think this is something that just always struck me as like an amazing thing that you said once, Ben, um, but when you watched the last Star Wars movie, I think like a month after you had had like a month to reflect on it and you were like, you know, I mean, I, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to not consider these three movies canon, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I guess like, you know, that, that's the, that's the thing, like cannot canonicity is completely like up, up to you in a certain sense. Cause of course, canonicity in and of itself is officialness and non-officialness. It is like, what is not up to you, but in a weird way, it is also up to you because you can appreciate the parts of the story that you want. And especially in this case, I feel like it's so much easier. It's like a clear dividing line. If you want to consider the end of Berserk as where Mira left off, of course, I think that's really easy, honestly. I mean, relatively, obviously, it's still hard to make those separate in your mind, but I think compared to like other works, like where like, you know, Star Wars, for example, I think it's a bit more difficult to consider those non-canon. Um, but I mean, that's just me, but I think in the case of Berserk, right, it's like Mira stops at 364. I consider everything up to 364 canon. Anything that goes beyond that, let's say if the assistants continue, if I don't like it, I'm not going to consider it canon. And I mean, again, I'm making this sound very simple, and it is, but that doesn't mean it's not difficult. I feel like a lot of fans just couldn't look away from whatever would continue, even if it were not to their liking. And um, I think it's just something though that I think unfortunately we need to just get over because Mura did invest a lot in these, uh, like these apprentices of his. And I also, you know, again, of course Mura's wishes are priority but I also want to respect the, the apprentices. Like I'm sure these apprentices were skilled enough to be able to be independent mangaka. Like if Mura picked them up as as, as like perfectionistic as he is, these were probably really skilled writers and, and artists. Like there, there's, there's no way they're just nobodies. Um, and I also want to respect them as having dedicated so much time to this and be able to like have a payoff. Again, that's secondary, I will say to Mira's wishes, but I think they align. Like clearly Mira wanted someone to continue his story. Clearly, if he was picking these people up, like I think it's obvious. There's there's basically no debate besides the fact that he didn't officially say it, but it's so implied. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think that you know, I just, I guess we should talk about the cons of that. And I think I've basically just already hinted at it. If you want to take my perspective, which is that people will have a hard time, like if the series does carry on and it's not like they want it to, they will have a hard time just ignoring that. But um, yeah, I think it's just, it's just, I think, you know, no one's, not everyone's going to be happy no matter what happens. Even if Berserk would continue with Mura, I'm sure people wouldn't be at all happy. But um, yeah, you know, I think it's just like, I feel like if you look at it a certain way, this is just summarizing what I just said, we don't have anything to lose from a continuation. Like the, the, the yeah. story that Mura has written will still be there. Yeah, well, I agree. Well, we'll never lose that, and as, and you know, it, that does, you know, that does echo a lot with Star Wars for me because I feel like, you know, I feel like um, it was it's actually easier, at least in my opinion, to consider the the sequels non-canon as opposed to you know a possible continuation of Berserk, oh, really? because in that case, you know, it was George Lucas, the original creator, 
selling, you know, ultimately selling Lucasfilm to, you know, n- not not people that you trained, but these actors at Disney. <laughs> so, um, whereas Mira, you know, he he trained actual assistants, yeah, yeah. and so, but mm. but but that's besides the point. I feel like, um, hmm, where was I going to? What was I going to say? Yeah, but I feel like, um. You know, in that case, but yeah, you're right. We we don't have anything to lose from a continuation, but I feel like it's these a lot of pressure on the assistance as well. Like, right? It like, is. It is a lot of pressure on the assistance. But honestly, I feel like you know, it, it should be up to this assistance. Like, if they want to, you know, continue Berserk, or if they want to potentially pursue their own projects, and, you know, which like, they, I think they have every right to. I'm sure, like, there is probably some, they probably talked about this Mira and his assistance. I'm sure of it. Like, I am sure that Mira was aware enough of his health condition, you know, because it's not like, I don't think it came out of nowhere. Obviously, yeah. the latest has happened because he was exhausted or because he was physically incapable of writing. Like, and it probably was a mixture of both. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Mira hired these guys because he wanted them to continue the series. But I don't, it, there's no way legally in a country like Japan that he could have been like, you have no choice but to continue the series. Like this is yeah. still up to them, whether we like it or not. Um, I think, you know, it's actually probably easier for them not to continue um, because, you know, like if they decide to continue but the magazine isn't okay with it, um, then they have no choice, I guess, but not to. But at the same time, the magazine has stated in every single one of their like editorial kind of like writings, especially after the death of Miura, that they will respect his wishes most. And I'm sure Miura has a will even like, you know, I'm actually pretty sure that what will come, what it will come down to is either like stuff he's left behind, you know? And if not, it's like you said, the, the assistants will make their decision. And I mean, if they stuck with Miura this long, they are, I'm sure, I'm 70% sure at least that they will continue the series if they are, if all the lights are green. Um, but obviously the death of Mira probably shook them as well. So who knows what kind of place they're in right now. Um, you never know when you brace for impact, I guess you never know what the impact's really gonna be like, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a heavy topic because it I mean, is yeah it's it just like I yeah. swear, yesterday I was just listening to the berserk soundtrack and I know it's so cringe but like it's not just guts it's like the forces soundtrack the bailet like even like the, the, the yeah house tell me why like oh <laughs> yeah and I, I hate how I start like joking about it like in a joking tone because I mean it like it's painful like gut, guts is like a, a, a an actual person in a certain way in my mind like I guess you know yeah He's so complicated that I just want to see something else. Like, even if at the end of the day, I, I, I don't get what I want, whatever that may be. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can just, I can just tell myself, hey, well, you know, until 364, I was satisfied. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, because, like, I, um, you know, as Berserk fans, sort of like, you know, as Star Wars fans, even if we weren't satisfied with the prequels, I mean, with the sequels, we still, you know, went and watched them. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we'll, we'll do the same with Berserk. We'll and I think read that's... the chapters if it continues. And, you know, we may or may not be satisfied, but we'll still read because we're fans of Berserk of, and of exactly. Mira's work and legacy. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit kind of like, it's kind of like, I feel, um, you know, just letting it go sort of just like, it will be what it will be. Also, just trusting in Miura, like this, we, I think that's such an important point that I've heard some people say, and I will echo that like crazy, because we need to trust Miura. If we trusted him with the series, then we at least owe him to, to, to put trust in whatever he kind of preordained for, you know, post-mortem, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the third point, which is, I think, you know, a pretty heavy point. Um, not that the last one's weren't, but... The third point is what we think will happen in actual concrete narrative terms, leaving off from 364. Obviously, we can't go through anything, everything specifically because who the heck knows. But um, yeah, just like what we think will generally happen from here on out to like the tentative end. I mean, obviously without details, but yeah. I mean, you go ahead. Ben. Yeah, I, I feel like I have, I have uh, somewhat of a vision of this in my head. So I feel like 
you know, right off the bat, after, you know, the events of 364, I feel like, uh, you know, for Guts, I feel like he, I don't think he'll just charge at Griffith, like, straight away. I, I think that he'll have a moment of hes- hesitation seeing Griffith in, in this almost vulnerable state. I feel like he will, uh, you know, and this sort of, uh, this would sort of echo, like, you know, his reaction to seeing Griffith in the conviction arc. He did have that moments of hesitation before he, you know, we, we, yeah, at the beginning we raged. Of the Falcon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, at the beginning of the Millennium Falcon arc. Yeah. But um, I feel like, but yeah, ultimately guts, you know, he would have that moment of hesitation, but he, he would charge at Griffith and, and needless to say, it probably wouldn't be successful because Griffith is still a member of the Godhead. He still has his godlike abilities, even if, his, even in his like human form. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good point. Because what if Griffith is actually vulnerable right now? Like, what if? Like, what if he actually is in... Yeah, I mean, I I guess sort of like more like um, like emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I I understood that. But like, what if he's actually vulnerable? Like, what if Griffith is in a position where he could be probably not destroyed, but harmed by guts? Because he's just weaker in the state or something like that. Who knows? Just you know, ignoring whatever kind of exposition they might use to explain why. But I think personally that this is going to be a huge moment in terms of Guts' development, as a lot of things are, and I guess that's sort of stating the obvious, but I don't think Guts would be able to go through with his sword if he saw Griffith right now. With all that he's been through in the past few years, traveling with a band, regaining a lot of that empathy, that compassion, that humanity that he lost in those two years after the eclipse. Um, And of course, during the eclipse itself, right? I think that Guts is in a place where, let's say he downed Griffith and was about to like deal a pretty heavy blow. I don't think he would be able to follow through because this is Griffith and he just saw him. It's not like Guts didn't hear his words just now. He heard him say that he has he has tears like the morning dew or a tear like the morning dew as a result of the warmth of a familiar embrace. He's not stupid. He knows what that is. And I think like, you know, we have to consider that as much as a monster as guts can be sometimes like, you know, and I guess the human monster term, he is a human being and that's what makes him so interesting. Um, and I guess that's that's why I think this is such going to be such an important moment because I think it's going to define the trajectory of Guts's approach to Griffith throughout the next series. Like either he's not gonna be able to do something and then Guts just, uh, and Griffith just somehow escapes or he will somehow just like, you know, and after that, I guess he would in that last instance that I described, he would probably just, I think a possibility is that he becomes infuriated with himself and his like quote unquote weakness of not being able to follow through and maybe tries to pursue like some kind of darker path because he realizes he can't kill Griffith without going down a dark path, which I think is true, which is realistic, but that's so important, right? Like that's what so many people have been saying in the community. Like the, the series isn't going to end in the way you think it is. Like with, with the dragon slayer rammed up, rammed through like, you know, Griffith's skull, that's not going to happen. Um, I think that's, in honesty, this might seem like a jump, but that's where the lore that Mira has been building up about the astral realm will happen. I think that's what's going to happen. Because, you know, we, we heard a lot of that, especially during um, Farnese's training uh, with Shirka, and obviously with, you know, Shirka and, and her, her master. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say with that is I think that the astral realm and the power of evil but then also the power of just compassion and humanity right the idea of evil which is like i think what a lot of people think will be an important part of the future of the series which i do too but i guess i'm jumping around a lot i guess what i'm trying to say is that i think at some point after this this interaction guts would realize that he's not able to go down the path of just killing griffith and whether he accepts that or not is not what I'm trying to guess at here. I think if he doesn't, he'll just kind of get confused and do a lot of a raging, um, just as I guess an understatement. But I think in another case, in the case that he realizes like 
damn, I have changed so much that I'm not going to be able to like, you know, like kill this guy like I wanted to. I think he's going to realize he's going to get awakened to what he actually wants right now, which is to live with Casca. And I feel like in a certain sense, it's like, I think the series will end with a certain letting go. I think it will be like a radical acceptance that in a way I feel will depower Griffith. Like, remember the Hill of Swords and and Guts just letting go of Griffith? Like, what if it was something like that? But where Griffith is not like opposing Guts, but somehow Griffith also accepts that Guts has the right to ignore him for everything he's done. And that sort of depowers him. Like, what if somehow Griffith just lets him go, go? Like, what if Griffith, like, it's almost like he hands himself in. Like, again, I'm not trying to glorify Griffith. And I think there are a lot of people who are still kind of like fighting, like the idea that, that Griffith is still has any humanity. They want to believe he's just a heartless monster because of what he did. But the point is he did what he did because he isn't a heartless monster because he wants, he's confused. He is still somehow human in his, in his, in his core. Yeah. Because he embodies well in that, you know, he embodies the worst of humanity in a lot of respects or a lot of respects, but yeah, he's like, not just like any human monster. He's simply the worst of humanity, especially yeah. during the eclipse as we saw. Which yeah. is in a certain sense, even more terrifying than a monster, right? Cause it's not yeah. binary. It's, it's something that we can't understand, but Griffith is a complicated person. We've, we've seen that, especially in the, like the last moments you know, even excluding the eclipse, but also including it of the golden age arc. Um, and I guess like, I, sorry, Ben, I'll let you talk after, after this. I just have like a few more sentences, but I think that the astral world, I think will play a huge part in like the downfall of, of, of Griffith. And I think what we need to consider is that it's not like Miura planned some kind of like artsy, like in your face, unexpected ending. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, He's smart enough to know that the readers have stuck this far because they want to see Guts rest. They want to see Guts' struggle end somehow. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think whatever happens, like just leaving it out in the air, whether it be just accepting that Griffith is, you know, beyond his reach or Griffith also accepting that, you know, he doesn't feel satisfied with this kingdom the way that he is. Like, I think that might be an important thing too. Like that Griffith's humanity does not let himself be satisfied with this deception that he's put up. You know, cause like evil and deception don't always go hand in hand. Like, and Griffith is a person I think who is able to deceive, to do good things when he was in the band at the top or I guess, you know, good things for the advancement of the band. But I think that maybe there will be a moment where like Griffith is just sitting on his throne and he's like, what the heck? This isn't the kingdom that I envisioned. Like these people know me as the person that I am not. They don't know the mound of corpses that I've climbed to get to this place and to be this kind of beaming figure of light that they all think I am. Um, And I think that acceptance and the sort of link between emotions and the astral world and how the idea of evil is, well, the idea of evil, it lives within humans. And I guess also the astral world, but that's what the astral world is, especially the void where the God hand reside. It is where everything, like it is a physical, more tangible, I guess, embodiment, physical, I guess not, but more tangible embodiment of humans' malice. And I think that that is going to be important because if you let go of that malice, it's almost like denying, um, I guess, Griffith specifically, but maybe the whole God hand, their power. Yeah, I agree, because we know that, that the idea of evil, you know, it's not like the idea of evil, you know, created humanity or created, you know, the world, but we know, at least from its description of itself, that humans created the idea of evil through their desire for a reason for their suffering, essentially. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but I guess, you know, going back a bit, I feel like, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, in my case, um, in my personal, you know, I, I desire, I guess, I, I, you know, in a perfect world, I would want to see re- some kind of revenge on Griffith. I feel like the magnitude, the sheer magnitude of what he did to the Band of the Hawk and 
Guts and Casca personally is just too great. Yeah. It's, you know, we know that, you know, obviously, you know, let's say, you know, in Star Wars, we know that Anakin, he, you know, he killed the Jedi and he killed the younglings, but we don't actually see him doing it on screen, which is, you know, which makes a div- big difference in the viewer's eyes because it, it allows him to be somewhat more redeemable. But I feel with Griffith, we know what he's done. We know what the effects, the trauma he's caused on Guts and Casca Not just has trauma, caused them like, both. He didn't, yeah. he didn't just sacrifice them. He didn't just kill them. He could have done yeah. that with a snap of his fingers as soon as he was femto. He let them suffer, right? And again, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, what's the difference if we saw it or not? Um, it's still going to happen the way it does, but that's not true because this is a story that's being written. And if Mura included all those horrific but also very legendary events of the eclipse, he's going to have to, I guess, yeah, you're right. There will be some kind of payback. Um, and I think, I honestly think it's not going to be anything that has to do with his, like, you know, like power as a god hand, I think it's going to have to do with the Falconia. And a lot of people have said this, like, I think Falconia is the pride and joy of Griffith and also what keeps him alive. And that's what I was saying about like, you know, him realizing that this pride and joy of his is sort of like hollow because of his kind of fakeness and because he's actually this kind of dark, the wings of darkness, right? Um but I guess like, you know, just to conclude my perspective on this, because I do think we need to wrap up soon. It's probably going to get pretty long. Um, I think that what we need to remember is that Griffith is still human. He's not like the other god hand who have been in this cycle thousands of times because, or I don't know how many, but they're old, they're ancient. Um, and I think that like in a certain way, the dichotomy between void, the other's god hand, and and um, and uh, what what you call it, skull knight, is a, like an embodiment. Like I said, I've saw, t- talked about this before, but like a sort of kind of frozen moment in time, in a certain way, of what Griffith guts and like you know whoever else was involved's relationship could be. But that's the point. These characters are still pretty fresh in their new kind of states, right? Like relative to how much time the God Hand have spent, like Griffith has only, and again, like only is a bit of an understatement if you look at it a certain way, but has only been a God Hand for like what, three, four, five years, five years max, right? And again, obviously time being a bit of a construct is also something that I should mention, uh, especially because time is just weird in Berserk, I guess, because of the spiral idea and causality and all. But, um. I guess what I'm trying to say, and I feel like I'm all over the place, but let me just summarize like what I think. I think that this moment, chapter 364 and everything that comes after in like the next 10 chapters, let's say, um, would be like a climactic moment of the story. Like in the sense that I think it would force Guts to realize that he's not gonna have like that really binary like gratification out of just slaughtering Griffith. Even if it doesn't involve them interacting, I think he's going to picture himself slaughtering Griffith in that moment. And he's going to realize, I can't do that. With And if I do, I'm not going to feel any better. right? I'm not going to feel that satisfaction. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think that, you know, it's almost like, I don't think Guts is going to kind of like harm Griffith. I think causality is what's going to harm Griffith. Or I guess causality, I mean, the sequence of events. Maybe Guts is involved, but somehow I think Falconia and somehow the reveal of Femto is what I think will destroy um, Griffith's kind of ego as a god hand and sort of like bring him down. And like, you know, I think that's the thing. We're going to see Griffith fall and that's sort of the payback that we'll get, even if it isn't from Guts. But that's that bittersweetness, right? We don't just want some kind of violent gratification. I think that solution is what will allow Guts to just lay down the Dragon Slayer or the sword and just rest. Like without, you know, I think obviously there's probably still going to be some combat. Like I think, you know, it's been hinted that the, the Berserker armor is going to get a power up. But I don't think it's going to involve a power up so powerful that he's able to kill a God Hand. Like, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a power-up that's powerful enough for him to protect Casca 
until this whole storm of Griffith, the God hand, and the aftermath of the eclipse has died down. And eventually Griffith somehow falls. That's just my, I guess, general view. And obviously it's very vague, but I don't think there's any way we can specify what's going to happen in between. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of this is, you know, I mean, of course it is obviously, obviously just, you know, theorization, but yeah, but I, I mean, I guess to add on to what you were saying, um, I feel like the, the idea of evil, of evil will probably play a part in, you know, Berserk's potential conclusion, because we do know that um, um, Yura, he did originally write it to be in chapter 83 or whatever it was, but he, but yeah, he the discussion it from with the later, him and Griffith, right? Or with, from it, with him and Griffith, right. But he ultimately removed it from the later, I guess, volume editions because he thought he wanted to use it at some point uh, or rather later in the story. And he thought that it would somehow like, I guess, spoil it or like, but, but, you know, but I guess to get back on track, I, I think, I feel like, um, yes, I mean, the guy, the idea of evil will play a part in Berserk's potential conclusion. I feel like Guts will, you know, I'm not sure exactly how, but I feel like Guts may possibly, you know, um, he may possibly, you know, gain knowledge of the idea of evil. And I feel like, you know, his possible refusal to kill Griffith may come from a realization that if he kills Griffith with, you know, in his hatred, he will ultimately feed the idea of evil, which is, you know, ultimately the, the reason for his suffering in all of humanity's yeah. suffering. That's, so that's, I feel that's like- a good point, yeah. Cause it's like, like that's, what's, that's what the idea of evil is. It is yeah. like, like you said, and what Mira I think originally said somehow in his dialogue writing, like the idea of evil is something that has been sort of created out of the amalgamation of people's suffering as sort of like a reason like to just shove all like the, their suffering onto like this is why this has happened this is why this is why like oh yeah that thing that evil like this evil you know like when people say that um and i think that like maybe experiencing the idea of evil will give guts like a realization that like that's not the way to defeat it like, I guess I'm echoing what you just said, but like, if he were to kill Griffith, he'd just be kind of like continuing the spiral. Yeah. If he were to break it, if he were truly to fulfill his oath after the eclipse of kind of like, kind of battling against his destiny, like he said, when Skull Knight kind of dude that all that doom and gloom causality talk again, like if he were just able to kind of like take a different route, the route that he, I think at his core knows is true, and, and is most true to his desires. I think that's how he's really gonna have the most kind of like the, the purest victory over evil and his struggles. Because as much as we'd like to say that, you know, Griffith is the antagonist, which he is, I guess the antagonist is so kind of straightforward. I think because Berserk isn't a straightforward story. It's like the struggle is the antagonist, right? Like the, 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 just the struggle itself. And overcoming the struggle is, I think, what will eventually end the story. Yeah. 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 Guts is able to, you know, over, uh, you said, overcome the struggle and sort of break this cycle of causality or, you know, it will, yeah, it will ultimately, you know, it will yeah, weaken like, the idea of evil and, yes. you know, and that'll be, and which will create a massive shift within the world because if the idea of evil is weakened, then you know the world of berserk is massively changed we can you know at least assume that there is there would be less suffering so i feel like you know guts may not be may not try to you know i, I guess what i'm trying to say is that by rejecting the right idea of evil guts may inadvertently save a lot of people yeah, yeah. in a way right like but I think like, you know, I think, you know, even if there is still the same amount of suffering, it's just knowing it's, I think, cause guts has always been like this kind of isolated case. It's not like he's out to save the world. Yeah. Um, I think what you say might come true, but I think it's more like the idea of evil is sort of like the slaver. It is the thing that, you know, in a way feeds off of humanity, but then also forces humanity into the spiral of time, this causality that basically makes them suffer. It is the reason for their suffering, both in the sense that it causes it, but also because they made it that cause. You get what I'm saying? Like, 
evil yeah. evil creates evil in a certain way and i feel yeah. like that's eventually what's going to lead um you know like guts to sort of just like say you know like he's gonna i don't know and i think this is the biggest variable in berserk how he's going to react to that realization but i have no hope of like coming up with an answer for that like how is he gonna how is he gonna shift his route after he's kind of internalized that um if he does but yeah i mean this is this is a really hard topic to tackle um yeah continuation both in all the points that we've just talked about the narrative you know the the the, the kind of agreeable solution and then also just like how 364 would be as an ending to mira's kind of work on berserk and again like that's debatable you could technically say that whatever he told his assistants to do is also you know his work in a certain way but yeah all right did you have any yeah. other final thoughts Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's you know, just I guess so like I was saying, thought, isn't it? Like it's just it's well, so hard to come up with a final thought. Because it is. It is pretty hard to you know to just sum up all of this. Yeah. But um, but you know, I feel like um, I feel like you know, if Berserk ultimately you know doesn't continue, then the beauty of it is that you know fans can essentially do what they want with that if they want to believe that you know the story ends there that there's you know that that's just it then they can believe that but you know people can also you know theorize what might happen what might be and it's sort of it's and you know create their own endings and um and you know there is a sort of like it's not really satisfactory but it's, but it's like you know it, it is what <laughs> yeah it's bittersweet it's kind of like it is kind of like what you make of it ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. As a person, it's, it's such a beautiful thing because I mean, look at yeah. how many theories like Attack on Titan. I'm just thinking, like, I mean, there were a lot of people who had never had anything bad to say about the series that just did not vibe with the ending. Like, you know, an ending is such a difficult part of of a of, of a manga because like a relationship to a series and, and concluding it. But um, yeah, I trust Mira on that point. I trust that he's. I think if anything, he planned it's the ending. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I think if I had to guess, that's what I would guess. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please keep in, in, in like, just in, in, in the know about Berserk. If you are a fan, don't give up, you know, the struggle continues. Yes. I think, yeah. In the words of Skull Knight, um, struggle, contend there. I know there was a third one, but I can't remember. (laughs) Skull Knight be speaking in riddles. <laughs> yes, speaking facts. All right. Yes. Well then. Start. All right. Yes. Have a great day. Next week. Bye. Yeah. Bye.